stand and call ourselves to worship. Rejoice, for God has sent the Messiah to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. The mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Arise, shine, for a light has come.
Yes, there are more in the congregation than in the choir. <laughs> Welcome this morning. Good morning to see you. Good to see you uh, this, this very morning. Uh, we're, again, a uh, small but significant uh, gathering of believers here in, uh, at Five Points at Southside Baptist Church. Uh, and we're so glad to, to, to have everyone here who is here. Uh, including some of our choristers who made it around through ice and all sorts of uh, uh, difficulties. But uh, I'm grateful for all of that. Uh, sorry that I forgot to get uh, Dr. Kelly the word that uh, we weren't going to robe uh, tonight. So we kept, he, he's the one stay, he's the one steady uh, in our uh, worship service this morning. Um, once again, welcome. It's, a, it's not as though we're not all home folks in, in one way or another, uh, even some welcoming of some guests. We have a couple more who are coming through the door even now. Come on down. Glad to see you. Um, if you would, I know it's, it may seem a little uh, strange, but if you would register uh, or give us a, a record of your attendance here, uh, please do so. Uh, and if you, uh, th you will find the little blue books on the sides there, uh, that would be helpful. And in a few moments, uh, we will uh, stand, and, and let's, let's do take just a moment to uh, pass the peace of Christ to one another. Why don't we do that even now? Let's, let's do so even now. Peace of Christ peace to of Christ you. Peace of Christ to you. <laughs> and to all my choristers out here. Peace of Christ be with you too. Indeed. <laughs> So good to see you. And of course, Jim and Phil, the, the Christmas tree or the Christmon tree is still alight, which is great. We're a little bit behind, obviously, in getting our uh, cells down. Maybe you may be seated. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, it's still, still lovely decor, and we're grateful for it. Uh, I do want to take the opportunity also, as though you're not aware of it, but to, just to make the record straight that the concert that was to happen this afternoon at 4 o'clock has been postponed until the 29th of January. So uh, the boys' choir will not be uh, filling in on us at the end of this hour, uh, as they would have been otherwise. But uh, nonetheless, we, we look forward to that happening as well. Um, this is, of course, Southside Baptist Church. We welcome all who are... Uh, able to come and be with us and worship with us. Uh, hope that you will be with us more to serve uh, and to um, uh, be a part of what we are here as a, this inclusive community of grace here um, in Five Points. Let's have a word of, of prayer to begin our service. Our God and Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we are grateful even for the snow and the ice, unusual things that happen to us in this place are our chance to reflect upon your grace and your power in that even when a, a small number of us are gathered together, we know that you are in our midst. We invoke that power and that glory during this hour as we gather here as others are not able to gather for varieties of reasons, safety among them, but we are grateful for the, the opportunity to be here, to worship, to think on these things, to praise your name, and to take it into our hearts so that we may take it out to a needing and hurting world through this next week. All of this and so many more unspoken 
things that we, we offer to you at this time. In the name of Christ our Savior, amen. Our first reading this morning is Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Let the saints rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hand to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. 
This is the glory of all his saints. Praise the Lord. second reading today is found in the gospel according to Luke chapter 2 verses 22 through 40. It's a rather long reading but I would ask that if you're able to stand for that reading that you do so in honor of this gospel lesson. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consecration of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that we've spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Peniel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord.
seated. Today as we gather in the presence of God and with one another, as we are also knowledgeable of the presence of Christ within us, may we bow in prayer as we remember the many concerns on our individual hearts and those that are on the hearts and minds of those who were, would be here if they were able to get here, and also the many concerns of ours about the world and the, in which we live, the one that God has called us to minister in and to be concerned for. May we bow together. Almighty and loving God, we come before you with grateful hearts. We come with a sense of pause as our routines have been interrupted. Things that we have typically done on certain days has been altered and because of that it's caused us to stop and think. Hopefully we've been able to reflect upon you and your goodness and your mercy. We pray Lord that as we gather here that we might experience your presence for as we're gathered in your name, you are here. We pray for the many concerns on the hearts and minds of those gathered here. For those of our fellowship that are at home and unable to attend today. For those who are sick or who are recovering from surgery. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would bless all of these that the needs that we bring before you would be a reminder to ourselves that we too were called to be your hands and feet, to do your work as you lead us. We pray for your spirit's intervention in these that are concerns of our own, our individual concerns, but also those of our church family, those in our city and state and nation and internationally as well. May those who are suffering, those who are enduring hardship even now in our own country from this heavy snowfall and ice that has left many at the mercy of those who are close to them. May those who need help and assistance receive that. We pray for the concerns on our hearts of those who are displaced by war and by famine, by the ugliness of those who declare war on others because of differences in faith, differences in the way they see the world and the world's population. Oh, Lord, may we all gain a better insight into how you see this world. May we see each person through your eyes. May we understand our calling to be your presence. We long to be like those disciples that our Lord called, to minister and to listen to the Spirit, to not only listen and hear, but also to respond. Even in our time of worship today, may we sense the tug on our hearts, the direction that we might be led, and may we reaffirm our 
devotion, our commitment to follow the way that you lead us. Hear us now, O Lord, as we offer our own prayers and as you taught your disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We've all are aware that our week has been quite different than a normal week. I think it was a week ago that I heard the first reports of possible snow. Maybe last weekend, first few comments about it, and I sort of dismissed it. It's not going to happen, it never does, you know, until you don't expect it. But the, uh, as the week went on and it became more and more clear that there was a greater possibility some of us began to make a few plans at least, maybe not enough, but still we made some plans. And then on Friday morning, every, I would imagine everyone here began looking out the window to see when the first frozen 
precipitation would begin to fall. Sleet, snow, whatever it was, it began to look. Partly because we didn't want to wind up as we did two years ago, or at least I did, staying overnight down here because there was no way to get home. But it has been, even though a change in routine, it's been a, a lesson, I guess, for us again. We need those reminders to let us know again that we don't control nearly as much as we might think we do. Even today, I received several text messages from folks who said, well, I thought I could make it, but when I got out and saw the ice in my driveway or I tried to back out, I could not, couldn't make it. So that's, my, that's where they are. Those kind of events that happen can help us because it is a, a break in our routine. It, it takes us out of that normal rut that we might get in of Monday through Friday, Saturday, whatever we do, and then Sunday. And still, those of you who were able to make it came. And we've already been blessed by those, the music that has been, uh, we've heard and uh, listened to as, as the uh, choir has sung today, reminding us of the glory of God. We talked about the decorations here, about it being Epiphany, and Epiphany was Friday. And some of us had an Epiphany that day as well, as the weather goes. But we also know that we talk about Epiphany in terms of the wise men coming. And we left those up in particular because two weeks ago we said that on, on Christmas Day, at the end of worship that it was not over yet. Christmas is not over, and it's still not over, because Christ came, he is here, and he will be with us, and he will come again at some point in time. When that is, we don't know. But we can watch and wait expectantly for whatever happens. Just like we watched on Friday to see what was going to happen with the weather, we watch continually, and such was the case with Simeon that we read about earlier. Scripture talks about him being a devout person. He was righteous, he was devout, he was also praying for and waiting for the consolation of Israel. He wanted to see that nation that he loved restored. He wanted to see them return to the God who had delivered them out of Egypt, but also he wanted to know that they were safe, they were okay, they were good, they were in right relationship with God and God was caring for them. Simeon believed the promise that was made, a promise that God had revealed to him when he said that you will see, you'll see the anointed one before your days are finished on this earth. Simeon was also persistent, and he was patient. He was an old man at the time that he saw this um, when Jesus was presented at the temple, and if you have your order of worship, you'll see that on the front of, this is a depiction of that, of Simeon holding up the baby Jesus and declaring those words that I read in the choir saying just a few minutes ago. You know, the truth is that things were going to get worse before they got better. There was a um, young man, David uh, Mazel, a young Jewish writer, and he was um, 
talking to his rabbi on one occasion, and he said, the rabbi asked him how he was doing. He said, well, I'm, I'm okay, but things could be better. It certainly wouldn't hurt if they were. To which the rabbi said, how do you know it wouldn't hurt? For things to be better, it might hurt. Think about things, for things to be better for Israel, Jesus came. But there was also a situation that developed afterwards that was not a lot better. That is, when the wise men came, they came and stopped in Jerusalem, and there they spoke to Herod, and looking for that king that was born, or this baby born king of the Jews. And when they heard the message, when Herod heard this declaration, he said, let me know when you find him. I want to go and worship too. A ploy, obviously, to find the child and to put him to death. When he was duped by the wise men, we read in Matthew of what really occurred, and there were several, we don't know how many, 30, 50 babies in Jerusalem, I mean, in Bethlehem, that were put to death. And they were put to death because Herod didn't know which one might be the baby Jesus, so we're, he's going to take care of all of them. And in some ways, they were, they died because of Jesus. They weren't the first martyrs. We might think of them in, in the sense that they were put to death. They were the innocent ones that were, whose blood was shed, but they did die because of Jesus. And there would be others who would come who would also die, those disciples that followed after him. So sometimes it hurts when things get better. It's not something we like to think about, but it is true. Think about what Simeon said to Mary. A sword is going to pierce his side. And also your heart. Those words must have pierced her heart even then. For she had begun to put together all those things, and she marveled at them in some ways, but at the same time she was concerned about the reality of what was going to take place. We read that, and we, we wonder, did it have to be that way? If God is omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent, did it really have to be this way? Well, we could say that, well, God could have accomplished it some other way, and certainly that's the case, but at the same time, he became one of us to experience in all ways the things that we experience. There is no such thing as cheap grace. The words that come from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Lutheran pastor and theologian, died in, right before the war was over, World War II was over, in a concentration camp in Germany. He spoke about being called or the cost of discipleship or following, that there's a cost that goes with it. But the cost, what we receive and what we spend, what we receive is so much greater. It outweighs in so many ways that which, which we give, what we expend, what we give up. Grace, the grace that we experience, was bought at a high price. It was bought by 
Jesus' blood as he was crucified, but also by his life that he lived here on earth. Now I wonder sometimes if I don't handle that reality of that a little bit too capriciously. Maybe I don't think that much about how valuable it really is. How the cost of what, uh, the cost for it to be available to all of us. God bestows his grace upon us because God loves us and God loves all that he has created, but it is, it does come at a cost. When you think about the many ways that Simeon and then Anna and the prophetess that we read about had spent their days in the temple watching and wondering, would Jesus or would this Messiah ever come? And even though Simeon knew he had this word from God, it makes you wonder, did he go every day expecting to see? Did he go every day wondering, would he be there? It says that the Spirit moved him to go into the temple courts. And so he went, and that's when he observed Jesus. And when he did, he went and held him and declared to God those words. Today in our Sunday school class, we, which we really didn't have today because people were just gradually getting in, and we did gather, though, and one of the, one of the um, items for reading in today's lesson was prayer or actually a, a poem that was written by Teresa of Avila. And here's what she says, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, his compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. You know, those words are true. And we know that we have the privilege of joining in God's kingdom work here. But in a way, what we're really being asked to do is what Simeon does here. He takes the Christ and holds him up in his own hands so that others could see. And he makes this declaration that the one who was promised, the anointed one has come. We have an opportunity, maybe not in the way that Simeon did, but we have a way to, with our own hands, to hold Christ up. With our voice, we have a way to present Christ to the world. And we do it through those declarations of good deeds. When we do those things that are nudges of the Spirit to guide us, to engage in the world around us. To do those things God has led us to do. To move us with compassion to enable us to see the world around us even as he sees it. We're called to be like Simeon. We're called to be like Anna, to bring and bless the world with the presence of Christ that we carry with us in every place that we go. You pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, we come with 
an eagerness of heart to remember all that you have done. We also come recognizing that we may not handle all that you have blessed us with in ways that brings the comfort and care in your presence to those in need. Oh Lord, may we be as excited and cherish as much presenting you to the world around us as Simeon was to hold the Christ child up and declare that he had seen the glory of the Lord. May we go out from this place even with those kind of images in our mind that we go into the world with a sense of purpose, with a sense of mission that Christ has called us to live. I make this prayer in the strong name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today as we conclude our time of worship, we do so with a hymn of, of promise. It's an opportunity for us to sing. And again, Christmas isn't over. And we're singing today this hymn of promise. Number 164, and as we sing, you come, if there's a concern you have or a prayer, prayer that you would like, a prayer concern that you have, a need, you come and I will be here at the front to receive you as you do, or those who might want to um, offer any other words of, of prayer of, or of um, moving membership and becoming part of this fellowship or making a profession of faith, I'll be here to receive you.
pray with me, please? Eternal God, Creator God, loving God, we are thankful that we can be here today together. We're thankful for the choir. We're thankful for the congregation. We're thankful for your love for us, even through difficulties. We're thankful for the realization of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. We are thankful that we can return some small portion of your blessings to you. Oh God, take our small offerings and magnify them for your purpose and your service and the furtherance of your will. We offer this prayer in the name of your strong Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. bring these tithes and offerings into your house. We pray, O oh Lord, that they might be used 
to present you to the world in which we live. Amen. If you'll remain standing for just a second, I just wanted to again say it's really good to see you today. <laughs> because um, not knowing exactly what our weather would be, we just, uh, well, it's one of those, you just don't know what to do, call, call it off or not. But anyway, I'm glad that we were here and we had a time to um, begin this new week with um, a time of worship here. I would like to welcome all those who may be guests with us. We're glad that you're here too and maybe want to um, at least get to speak to you if you can linger long enough for us to speak to you today. We would like to do that. Take notice of the um, events in the calendar of events. Uh, Dr. Roxborough will be back on Wednesday as he begins a new study. Uh, Justice and Peace will be the, what he, uh, the study from, uh, I think he's going to use Micah 6-8 uh, primarily for that, but that'll be the, the study this week. And then also um, next Sunday we'll be back here and he will be back to preach on that occasion. So um, you'll want to be here Wednesday to welcome him back. If you can't be Wednesday, be here on Sunday for that too. And as we go, let me uh, offer a uh, benediction for you. May the love of God our Father, may the grace of Christ our Savior, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.